is Sunday morning. The sun is shining. Everybody loving this weather? Where's my people who are like, oh, it's still a little cool outside? Anybody? No, nobody? Josh? I mean, that that's me. I'm still like, oh, it's still a little cool. I'd like it like three, maybe five degrees warmer uh, in the mornings. Hey, does anybody else um, love walking out in the morning when there's still like a little dew on the ground? Like somebody cut grass the day before, like you hear the birds chirping. Anybody soak in the mornings? Am I just the only weirdo? No, like there's there's two of us. Great. There's three. Remember, okay, okay, now all of a sudden everybody wants to jump on board. Like, they're like, oh yeah, that's me. Like, listen, we're, we, we talk at this church, all right, we can talk back and forth. So, where's my morning people? My winter people? You're weird. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I love you. I love you, Miss Lewis. You're not weird, I promise. Um, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving, I'm loving the mornings, loving the mornings. Hey, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, one of them, we have our parents' night out today, tonight. Uh, so what does that mean? Hey, if you're a parent and you have a little kiddo, man, what we want to do is we want to bless you with a date night. So you have to make sure you sign up, all right? We can't take your kids unless, where's Brittany? Brittany in here? She's like, amen. Like, unless you sign up. So make sure you sign up right after service. We're going to send out one more link for the sign up just to make sure everyone received it. You'll, you'll fill out that information. You'll drop your kids off. We're also going to send an email on the location where you're dropping your kids off. It's like, is it that secret? Yeah, I mean, no, not really. We just don't want to put it on the screens or put it on, you know, out in public. So we'll make sure you have that email address. Um, it's a safe, secure home. And we have three individuals who are watching all of our kids. So parents night out. Excited? All right, cool. We're excited. Hey, one more thing that we want to do. Uh, we love we love honoring people at this church, and we love kind of sending people off. And uh, and one person that that we would go amiss if we didn't honor is Mr. Eric Sousa. So Eric, if you would make your way up for me, man. If you guys if you guys don't know, um, Eric, you, you can sit over here. You've been a part of uh, man. You've been a part of the church for three years, two and a half, three years. Came came as a student. So Eric came as a, a practicum student through Southeastern University, and, and man, just through his time here, we've seen him grow, grow and, and seen him develop, um, and, and so he moved from uh, an intern or a practicum student position um, into an intern for a summer, and then, then he came, became staff here at, at Multiply Lake Norman. He's been serving in the kids' ministry just diligently for the last couple of years, and, and how many of you know that, man, there, there are seasons of life, Right? Uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't honor the season that, that was. Uh, so, Eric, we just want to honor you. Um, I, I, I'm thinking about kind of some stuff that I even wrote, wrote in this card. Uh, Zach, you told yourself you weren't going to get it. I'm not going to look at you, Eric. I'm going to look at the ground. Don't look at me. No, because you're going to cry. You're a crier. I'm a crier. We're not going to cry, okay? We're not, we're, we're not going to. No, we're not crying together. We're not crying. We're not going to sing Kumbaya and cry, okay? Um, but, man, just... I think of the impact that you've had on kids. Um, I think of the the impact that that you've had on on my daughter, on on Maddie, Joe, and on Anna and Ethan, and, and other kids that are in in our kids ministry. And and to watch them go to their homes, um, and, and to watch my daughter ask for worship music to be turned on so she can dance. I think it's just I think that just points to the type of of leader that you are. I think it points to uh, the God call on your life. I think it points to, to you pouring in to kids. My daughter's life has changed because you poured into her. There's kids in this church. Their lives are on a different trajectory now because of, of you pouring into them. 
and, and this isn't, you know, Eric's not, not leaving, he's not going anywhere, but he is stepping into a new season, he's taking a, a new job, he's getting, he's getting ready to get married. Yasmin, are you, are you excited? Yasmin, could you stand up? Can, that's it, yeah, she's like, what? This is, this is Eric's lovely fiance, so let's give it up for Yasmin. And Eric, but Eric, we just want, we want to honor you. Um, so if we could, could we just all kind of extend our hands um, and we're going to pray for Eric. Uh, so Lord, man, this is a hard, this is a hard prayer to pray. And, and sometimes, sometimes the prayers that are worth it the most are the hardest to pray. God, we thank you for Eric. God, we thank you for everything that he's meant to us. God, we thank you for everything that he's done at this church, and not for the church, but for your kingdom. Lord, the countless hours that he put in, the, the hours coming in on Saturdays to set up kids when, when nobody else was here but maybe him and Miss Jean, the, the hours that he, he worked on sermons throughout the week so, so that our kids could be poured into, the, the countless times that I would call him or text him and say, hey, Eric, can you take care of, of this and just fill in the blank? Eric was like a Swiss army knife. He just did it all. God, we're thankful. We're thankful for the season of Eric being with us. God, we're thankful that, that he's still a part of the community. But Lord, we're excited for his future. We're excited for where he's going. So we pray that you would bless Eric, that you would uh, bless Yasmin, and that you would bless their marriage as they step into a new season of life. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Love you, dude. We got a little gift for you. All right, go take your fiance out to eat. And I'll, hey, let's give it up for Eric one more time. That is hard to transition out. Good Lord. Y'all give me like 10 seconds. I, now I kind of, I, I just kind of know what, uh, I feel like a, a dad whose like, kid just left the house. Like that's hard stuff, man. Like I don't, I don't like that. Let's just preach today. Can I just preach? That's what I, that's what I like to do. This, this, that kind of stuff is hard. Is it, my eyes still wet? Are they still, I got a little... I'm trying to make it awkward so y'all feel awkward. So I feel, we can all feel awkward together. Hey, here we go, man. Let's let's dive in. Let's dive into our new our new sermon series. So our new sermon series is called Freedom for the Community. So we're going to be taking a, a few weeks to talk about what it looks like for our community and for individuals to have freedom. Let me start off by asking this question: Has anyone ever had a lock without a key? Me, meaning, has anyone ever been locked out of anything? Yep. Anybody ever been? You've been locked. You got a story. I need to know that after service. But every everybody's got a story. Who's been locked? Show of hands. Who's been locked out of the house before? Good lord, y'all need to give like your neighbors some keys or something. Like, I can't say anything. Uh, two weeks ago, I did not lock us out of the house. I can confirm it was not me this time. It was you. You locked us out. So we went on a walk around the neighborhood. We get back to the back door and we like turn it and it's like. Uh, babe, did you get a key? Nope. Did you get a key? Nope. So we're like, uh, who, who has a key? So the person that had a key was in Concord. We had to wait for them to come all the way to our house to let us in. So, so we've been locked out of the house recently. A few months ago, I drove over to Concord for a meeting. And uh, anybody ever been locked out of a car before? What, what's worse, being locked out of a car? I have an opinion. What's worse, car or house? Car? It, who would say house? One person. I would say car, because typically when you're locked out of your car, you're not at your house. You, you know what I'm saying? So I drove all the way to Concord, 
And uh, my truck's got this weird thing. I, I, I mean, it's, I mean, if there's a mechanic in the room, maybe, uh, Damon, maybe you can help me out later. But th- my truck's got this weird thing going on that, I mean, it happens maybe once every three months. I shut the door, and it automatically locks. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I'm like, Herbie? Like, what's up? Like, thank you for getting that joke. But, but I'm like, what, what's going on? Why is my truck locking? So I had a lot of stuff in Concord that I needed to get out of my truck. So typically what I do, I'll turn my truck off, put my keys in my bag, and then just carry my bag. Well, I had so much stuff to get out of my truck. I decided to get out, shut my door, get out of the truck, walk around so I can carry everything. On my way around, I hear a lock, and I'm like, uh... My truck's alive. <laughs> like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I was locked out of my truck, so I had the whole scene going on. I called the fire department. Fire department comes over. They got these little bag things that, like, blow up. Anybody know about those? Like, you know you can call your fire department instead of a locksmith? That, that'll save you a couple hundred bucks. Like, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. So I, I, got in my, I got in my truck. But we've all, been, we've all been locked out of something. Let me ask you this. Have you ever had a key without a lock? Anybody have that random key that they have in their kitchen, like their kitchen drawer? Because they have no idea what it goes to. Like you have this key or you have a key on your key ring and you're going, what, what is this key for? I have no idea, but I can't get rid of it because if I get rid of it, I might need it. I'll find the lock. You found that door. That's always like, great. Now I got to bust down, bust down the door or bust open a window. So today what I want to preach to us is lock and key. Lock and key. So let's pick up with our scripture. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 14. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Scripture says this, that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Where was Jesus returning from? If you back up in scripture, he was just walking in the wilderness, and what was happen, happening in the wilderness? Jesus was being tempted. So what's the result of Jesus' temptation? The result was he returned in the power of the Spirit. Some of us have been walking in that wilderness season. Some of us have been walking in that dry season or that season that seems like temptation. And what I want you to know is on the other side of those seasons, you're called to walk in power. On the, other sides, uh, on the other side of wilderness, you're called to walk in power. Scripture says this, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. Y'all imagine that for a second. Jesus, Jesus himself. The son of the living God thought that it was important that he went to church at least once a week. You got real quiet. I thought I'd get some amens about that. (laughs) One of the definitions in the New Testament for church is, is ecclesia. And ecclesia literally means assembly. Man, we we believe so strongly that, that Sunday mornings are important. That the gathering of people is important. It's not the only thing, but it's an important piece to following Jesus. We recognize that the church isn't a building, but the church is people. And it's where people gather. So doesn't it make sense that anytime something happens in society, that the enemy would try to scatter people? 
that, that, that we don't, somebody got an ESPN notification. Who just got that? <laughs> Raise your hand if you got an ESPN. You, it was you. Shake, was it you? It's all right, because I had to silence my phone, because I probably get four or five of them, like, every service. But, but that, that'll bring us together. We'll bring us together. ESPN can bring us together, Shake. But, but wouldn't it make sense, wouldn't it make sense that the enemy would try to scatter believers? That regardless of what's going on, we, just, we can't get together as, as, as a community of believers. Why not? Why? Because when we're together, we, we are stronger. Scripture continues and it says this. Jesus, he stood up and read. And he read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah that was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover uh, and the recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Verse 20, then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on Jesus. He began saying to them, today... This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. But, but what does this scripture really teach us? I would suggest that this scripture teaches us that through the anointing and the power of the spirit, we're called to meet physical and spiritual needs of our community. It's lock and key. You can't have one without the other. So to bring hope, and freedom to the community, we have to ask ourselves a few questions. And the first one that I'm going to ask is this. This is a little tough question, all right? The first question that I'm going to ask is this. If our church disappeared tomorrow, would the community even notice? If Multiply Lake Norman did not exist tomorrow, would the Lake Norman area even notice? Are, Are we making an impact in our community? Are we making an impact with our neighbors? Are we making an impact with with town hall? Are we making an impact when you go to a farmer's market? Are we making an impact when you walk into a local business? Are we as individuals making an impact or are we just being consumers? First key point that I want you guys to write down is that everything must be spirit empowered. Everything must be spirit and power. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. See, even Jesus realized that he needed the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. But but this is where we can miss it. The word to can't be overlooked. Jesus didn't say he was anointed. Jesus said he was anointed to. See, the purpose of the Holy Spirit isn't for better worship services. It's not so that we can get some spiritual goosebumps on a Sunday morning. The purpose of the Spirit is to empower us and anoint us too. Here's the problem. We want to become consumers of the Holy Spirit without doing the work of the Holy Spirit. See, see we, will, we want to get all the benefits of the Holy Spirit without doing what the Holy Spirit has called us to do. So for in order for us to tap into our anointing, we have to serve people. We have to serve the community. I know, uh, Paul, it feels like, I don't know about you, but it feels like the more people we get at this church, 
Damon, I'm calling you out a little bit, but not really. But the more people we get at this church, the more, the more we get asked to help people to move. I, I feel like, I feel like we are, like, we need to start, like, a new business. Like, forget, like, the trunks and hunks thing. Like, we, we need to come up with, like, a church version of it. Because we, we help a lot of people move. And by we, I mean you and Eric this weekend helped Damon. Zach, Zach didn't help. But, but this is what I also notice. What I notice is, where's, where's my truck owners in here? Anybody own a truck? I own a truck. And I feel like, I feel like anytime somebody needs, needs help moving something, I, I get a call. I, I, why? Why? Because I, I got a decently strong back and I got a truck. Any, any truck on, like you recognize it as a truck. If you have a truck, this is what I've started doing. I did it twice this week, twice, twice in like two days. Um, one person's in the room, one person's not in the room. But I've started saying this, hey, you can use my truck. I just left my keys uh, in the gas cap, so you can just take my truck. I'll leave it at the house and, and just bring it back. So, so if you ever need my truck, the chances are my keys are probably in my truck. Just, just take it. Uh, but but that, that's what I've, I've started doing. See, see, this is what I can't, this is what I can't, I can't stand this, though. I can't stand this type of person. And I, I don't think we have any of these types of people here. I really don't. But I can't stand this type of person. It's that person that asks you for help to move something every single time, and you feel like you've helped them 15 different times. But then all of a sudden, when you need help for about an hour, they're like, oh, man, my back's hurting. Man, my, my family's in town. Man, I got I to gotta hang out with the kids. Good, I'm going to get pizza. We'll make it a family event. Bring the whole family over, right? Like, like if, if you help someone, right, then you almost expect help back. But see, the problem is we've become consumers, that we just want what's good for us. I just, I just want people to help me. I just want people to help me succeed in life. I want people to help me get ahead. And, and if it's not too much of an inconvenience to me, then I'll help someone else. In fact, I'll help them as long as it continues to help me out. I, I'll help them as long as me helping them gets me further ahead. We've become consumers. But listen to what Scripture says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you, and He has anointed you to, to what? To act. I, I'll put it this way. We've said this a couple of times at church. We don't, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. Don't talk about it. Be, that sounds like a good tattoo. Sounds like a good shirt. Sounds like a good shirt. If you make that shirt, I'll buy that shirt. Deal. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. What are we anointed to? We're anointed to preach the good news, proclaim freedom, recover sight for the blind, and set the oppressed free. We can even say it this way. If you follow Jesus, you have found life. You found life. What is life? Here at this church, we believe that finding life is stepping into a relationship with Jesus. You found freedom. What is, Pastor, what does that mean? Men, freedom, we believe that you can't take care of tomorrow until you've taken care of yesterday, until you've taken care of the junk in your past. Or, or we say it this way, we found family. There's people that we can do life with. We found purpose. There's a divine design inside each and every individual that God is calling you to something. So if you've stepped into a relationship with Jesus and you have those four things, what is your call now? Your call isn't to hold on to it and hoard it. Your call is to help others step into finding life, finding freedom, finding family, and finding purpose. We're not called to be consumers of the Spirit. We're called to partner with the Spirit. Don't just talk about it. 
be about it. So, so I've told you the what. Now let me tell you, let me tell you the how. Number two, we have to meet the needs of the hurting and the broken. Luke 4, verse 18, the spirit of, of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He said, great, pastor, you said that over and over again. Yeah, because I need it to stick sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But I also want to remind us of Matthew chapter 25 and Matthew chapter 28. See, if you've been in the church, you know that, that Matthew chapter 25 kind of points to social injustices. And then Matthew 28 talks about spiritual injustices. So, Pastor, what, what are you talking about? Matthew chapter 25, feed the hungry, take care of the orphan, stand up for the oppressed. But let me tell you this. To preach to people without meeting their physical needs is to do something that Jesus never did. He always met their physical needs. We're called to meet people's physical needs. But then you look at Matthew chapter 28, it's the Great Commission, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This one's going get, to get tough. To feed someone without pointing to Jesus is to offer someone a more comfortable brand of eternal misery. When all, when all we do is feed someone and not help them find who Jesus is, you know what we're really doing? If we see people that are hungry in our community and we feed them and we don't tell them about Jesus, we're just sending them to hell on a full stomach. That, that's all we're doing. We're called to do both. Matthew 25 and Matthew 28, it's lock and key. This is what we can't do. We can't just talk about social injustice and not point people to Jesus. We can't do that. Why? Because Matthew 12 says that Jesus is the hope of the world. So, so to just meet a social injustice need and not talk about Jesus is to do something that Jesus never did. On the other hand, to meet someone's spiritual need and not take care of them is to do something that Jesus never did. He always took care of both. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is on me and He has anointed me too. See, our American society and popular press is actually trying to divide the church. If you're the church, then you must be social bigots and not care about everyone. But if you want to meet social injustice needs, then you're buying into propaganda. That's trying to split something that Jesus never intended to split. It's taking care of people and... It's meeting the need and telling them about Jesus. It's lock and key. Anybody know that the way a key uh, of the way the key works? See, the way a key works is that the key, the teeth of the key, line up with the grooves inside the lock. And a key is easy, and it's light, but but ultimately. Ultimately, alone, it's, it's useless. useless. A key by itself is absolutely useless. If we're just a key church, then we can say things like, hey, just come as you are, but only come and be entertained and never challenged. See, see we can't just be a, a key church. A key church says, hey, you can come on in. That's fine. Come on in. But a key church never challenges people 
to change. It never challenges people to, 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 to grow in their relationship with Jesus. Now, a lock, on the other hand, a lock is complex, and it's, it's useful, but without a key, it just keeps people out. So that would be a church that meets the needs, the, the spiritual needs of people without meeting their physical needs. It's like showing them a locked door without giving them a key. So a, a locked church says, don't come in until you look like us. A, a, a locked church says, you're not allowed in until you figure it all out. But together, when we line up the right key to the right lock, when a church is, is focused on meeting the physical and the spiritual needs of, the, of a community, then we unlock a door to a life that is wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to our purpose. Through the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, we meet physical and spiritual needs for our community, all while pointing people into a relationship with Jesus. So the third point is this. It has to always point people to Jesus. I don't care what we do as a church. Anything short of sin. I don't care what we do as long as we're reaching people for Jesus. I don't care how we reach people for Jesus as long as we're reaching people for Jesus. Church, that's what it's all about. It's not just for us to be comfortable on a Sunday morning. It's not for us to say, hey, we're growing, so let's go build a building. It's not for us to say, hey, look at, look at our services. There's more people in here today than there was a year ago. That's, that's all great stuff, but that's not the purpose. I've failed as a pastor if you aren't, aren't growing in a deeper relationship with Jesus. I would rather there be 10 people in the room that are following Jesus with their entire heart than having a stadium full of people that are just playing church on a Sunday morning. So, so for us, we're going to be a church that does both. Yes, we're going to meet physical needs. Yes, we're going to meet spiritual needs. We're not going to try to separate the two. Verse 20. Then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. Could y'all imagine that? Just for, could y'all imagine Jesus like reading scripture, reading from Isaiah? And he just casually rolls it back up and he hands it to the attendant. Scripture says the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. But why was it fulfilled? What, why was the scripture fulfilled? It was fulfilled because Jesus was the one reading it. It wasn't just that these things were being accomplished. It was that people's eyes were fastened on Jesus. You want me to give you a definition to a successful ministry? Here's the definitions to, to a successful ministry. Are people's eyes on you? Or are people's eyes on Jesus? Because what I don't want to happen, I don't want, I don't want for their eyes to be on my opinions. I, I don't want their eyes to be on my cause or, or my agenda. I want their eyes, I want people's eyes to always be on Jesus. I, I don't want people leaving on a Sunday morning going, man, that was a really good sermon. I, I don't want people leaving on a on a Sunday morning go going, man, that was a really good worship set. Or my, my kids had fun in, in kids' church. You know what I want? 
what I want is people leaving saying, man, what a Savior. Man, what, what a Jesus. What an encounter I had with the King of Kings. So what's the action steps? Man, how, how do you serve? How, how do you get involved? Here at Multiply Like Norman, we have these things called multipliers, and that's just people that serve. It's people that help set up and tear down. It's people that serve in media on the worship team. It's people that serve in kids or usher people uh, to their seats. I mean, it's people that are doing outreach in the community. We, we believe in serving. Why? Because we've been anointed too. In the last four weeks, I had an opportunity to speak to at a few different groups and, and on Sunday morning, but in the la- well, now five weeks. When I wrote this, it was four weeks. But in the last, in the last five weeks, we have had 32 people either give their life or recommit their life to Jesus for the very first time. Like, that's something to be excited about. Like, that, that's why we do what we do. It's not just about feeling something. Why, Pastor, why are you saying the same thing over and over and over and over? Because I'm going to keep preaching the same thing every Sunday. If you haven't realized, all I do is preach about Jesus. If you haven't realized, all I talk about is the love and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. And that's what we take to the community. 32 people. 32 people because because individuals in this room decided to serve. Because individuals in this church decided, you know what? God has called me and he's anointed me too. So I'm actually going to do something about it. 32 people have been snatched from the gates of hell. Man, because, because a youth pastor saw me when I was in 11th grade, he grabbed me and said, hey, why don't you come hang out at the house? Hey, why don't you come hang out at the church? Because of one person. Because he was anointed too. I'll, I'll, I'll close re- really quick. Man, in the, in, the last, in the last few weeks, I've gotten text messages and I've, I've, gotten, I've had conversations. Because um, I really believe, I, I felt like, man, God, you're, you're up to something. God, you're, you're doing something. We're growing. People want to get involved. People, people want to serve. And, and then, like, you get those confirmations. Like, I start having those phone calls or I get those text messages and, and get other kinds of messages. But, but I told a few, asked a few people if I could share some of these. And I uh, asked Mr. Joey Grissom if I could share this. He said, absolutely. He texted me this about a week ago. He said, good morning, Pastor Zach. I'm writing this brief message to ask for prayer for God's direction. I feel led to start a disciple group, discipleship group in, in Lake Norman. God has placed on my heart to go deep with a, group of, with a group into God's word. Living in Concord makes it a little harder to connect with folks in the Lake Norman community. And I'm seeing creative ideas. I'm seeking creative ideas to make it happen. We are, we are about to have rapid growth at our church. And I believe we need to be prepared and surrounded for this movement with prayers and God's word. First and foremost, I need this in my life so that it's my, it's my first prayer that God would push me deeper and instill new discipline in my spiritual life. I have lots more I could say about this right now. I just need prayer in God's direction. God bless you, Pastor, and I love you. Man, why, why do I share that story? It's because Joey has realized that he's been anointed too. He, he's been called too. It's not just about the relationship that he has with Jesus, but it's about pulling others in Brian King and Miss Jean, they've told me countless times that they have a heart for young married couples, and they've always asked, "Let let me know, let me know how we can serve." They've recognized that they've been anointed too. Toby and Kay and Matt and Amber Hudson, 
I, I, I told them this past week, I was like, hey, we want to do a we want to do a, a baptism service at the lake in, in June. Can we can we make that happen? They go, Pastor, whatever you need, you can use our house as much as you want. They recognize that they've been anointed too. I asked you, I asked you last week, what have you pressed pause on that you need to press play on? What have you been anointed to do? And then the second question is this: how can you give? Man, we believe in kingdom builders. And I want to just to have a moment of, of vulnerability. Um, I've had a couple pastors reach out to me outside of Multiply Church just to make sure I was healthy, make sure I was okay. I got some people that pour into me. And, and two of them shot me some statistics. They know we're going through a building project. And, and over 60% of pastors that go through building projects actually resign from the church after they get in the building. They say, Pastor Zach, you, you doing all right? Hey, church, can I let you know, like, I'm doing good. <laughs> like, like I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere because I realize I've been anointed. I've been anointed too. But this is what I also know is that there's people holding my arms up. What I also know is that there's people still praying. What I also know is there's a community. I'm not doing this by myself. There's a community of people that's doing it with us. So where are we? Listen, God's been faithful. We, we continue to move forward with the building project. we got some big meetings coming up. Uh, tomorrow and then May 19th. I'll probably ask all of you to be there May 19th, uh, depending on how many chairs are in. But but May 19th is, is the day. But why are we concerned about a building? It's not so that it's pretty. It's because we recognize that we've been anointed too. We've been anointed to impact a community. Another message that I got, it was from Kelly. And I asked her, I was like, hey, can I, can I share the message that you sent me and your response was man only if you think it could help somebody else and and what I want to share about your message is very simple just the faithfulness of God you've walked you walk through a tough season you walk through a journey there's many people in this room that are walking through a tough season but God still anointed you too he still called you too so all across this room, if we could do this, if everybody could just stand as we close. Well, I want to do something a, a little different today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to end with, I want to end with an anointing. I want to end with, with anointing everyone in the room. Holy Spirit, you've anointed us too. Holy Spirit, you've anointed us to be a lock and key church. You've anointed us to see needs. You've anointed us to meet needs. You've anointed us to step out of our comfort zones. You've anointed us to create disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You've anointed us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You've anointed us to find life, to find freedom, to find family and to find purpose. God, it's our prayer that as we walk out of church, that we would recognize that we've been called to step into a community, that we've been called to radically transform individuals' lives. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Listen, we're so excited that you come and you hung out out with us uh, today at church. We'll be right back here, same time same place next week as we continue to love Jesus and change the world. We'll see you next week.